प्रथमम सद्गुरुम वंदे श्री कृष्णम तदनंतरम गुरु पापात्मनाम त्राताम श्री कृष्णस ध्यानमूलम गुरो मंत्रमूलम गुरोर्वाक्यम भक्तिमूलम गुरो वंशी विभूषित करवनीर दाभा पीतांबरा दरुण बिंब फलाधरोष्ठा पूर्णेन्दु सुंदर मुखा दरविंद नेत्रात कृष्णात परम किमपितत्वमहम नजाने यो ब्रह्मानम विदधाति पूर्वम यो वै वेदांश्च प्रहिणोति तस्मै तग्वंह देवमात्म बुद्धि प्रकाशम मुमुक्षुर वै शरणमहम प्रपद्ये Ajogiridhar Govind Gopala Govind Gopala 
गिरीधार गोविंद गोपाला सरकार की श्रीमत युगल सरकार की डियर डिवोरीज ऑफ श्री महाराज जी एंड रिस्पेक्टेड व्यूअर्स राधे राधे पाप करते करते अंतकरण इतना मलिन हो चुका है कि रसिकों द्वारा यह जानने पर भी कि तुम अपनी भुजाओं को पसारे 
अपनी वात्सल्यमयी दृष्टि से हमारी प्रतीक्षा कर रहे हो तुम्हारी शरण में नहीं आ पाता माई हार्ट हैज बिकम सो इम्पायस बाय मटीरियल एसोसिएशंस that even having learned from your loving saints that you are waiting for me with your open arms to embrace and you are looking to me with your graceful eyes to grace i have failed to surrender myself to you this line talks about pop sins and transgressions our scriptures describe they give us a definition of what a sin or what sins are mannimittam kritam paapam madharmaya cha kalpate mamana dritya dharmo pi paapam syan mat prabhavatah जानी जानी पाप की गोविंद राधे अति दुख पाए प्रभु अब तो क्षमा दे असिन the time that we spend in the loving remembrance and the loving thoughts of hari and guru those moments are free of sins the rest of the moment outside of the realm of our spiritual sadhana when our mind is engaged in the loving thoughts of god and guru every thought every action is considered a sin jani jani paap kiye govind radhe i've committed intentionally deliberately negligently sins over the course of uncountable lifetimes and i have experienced untold misery as a result of my own misdoings and wrong doings please forgive me so this line depicts the sentiments of an aspiring devotee's heart oh patit pavan 
the divinizer of sinful souls. O Dina Bandhu, the true friend of humble souls. Dayanidhi, the compassionate and the merciful. O my Sri Krishna. I have committed sins after sins after sins. And I am relentless. I don't stop. I don't stop. And even though I know that you are looking upon me with your graceful eyes to grace, and you're waiting for me with your open arms to embrace, I have failed to surrender myself to you. Papo ki janani to govindaradhi Maya hai teri dasi mohi dosh kaade Maya ka bhi dosh nahi Govindaradhe Maya jad tu Jaisa ghuma de Maya jad tu Chahe Jaisa ghuma de Tera bhi dosh nahi Govind Radhe Aya na sharan teri Tohi dosh kaade Radha Govind Geet Once a devotee asked Shri Maharaj Ji Maharaj Ji Aapka kal ka karyakram kya hai? What is your program for tomorrow? So Maharaji replied and said that I only have one program. My work never changes. I, there's only one thing I do. I do anything and everything it takes to propel souls toward God, toward Radha Krishna. So in these dohas, this is exactly what these dohas demonstrate. Sri Maharaj's hard work, his tireless efforts to elevate us. So the first doha, the devotee is taunting, lovingly taunting Sri Krishna. That the evil or the root of all evil is Maya. And that Maya is your maidservant. So why am I being blamed? Just imagine. This is the sentiment that Sri Maharaji imbued within this Doha. Why? To evoke those feelings of love and grace. And that aspiration for Sri Krishna's grace. 
Not that Sri Krishna is guilty. <laughs> no. But Sri Maharaji is inspiring us to do what? To remember him in this way. The second doha, maya ka bhi dosh nahi. Maya jad, tu chahe jaisa ghumade. But it is really not the fault of maya either. Because maya without your power is inert. It is lifeless. So you being the inspirer, you can turn maya toward me or away from me. It is all in your hands. And then the third doha, tera bhi doshinahi. It is not even your fault. Fault is really mine that I did not take refuge in your lotus feet. O Sri Krishna. How beautiful and how Sri Maharaji through and through in the Radha Govind Geet, in all of his compositions, this is exactly what he has demonstrated and illustrated to inspire us and to uplift us so that it, whatever it takes, at least we should engage and absorb our mind in remembrance. <clears throat> we all are travelers on the path of devotion and we aspire to build the castle of bhakti, of devotion. And just as a building stands on a base or, the, or a foundation, when a building before it's constructed, the foundation is laid. And if the foundation is secure, then the building stands firmly on that foundation. So what is the foundation of bhakti? Sri Maharaji tells us it is shraddha, faith. And what is this faith? What does it mean? So Sri Maharaji tells us, Guru Vedanta Vakyeshu Dridho Vishwasaha Shraddha. Confidence, trust in the teachings of our Guru and also of the Vedas and the Vedic scriptures. Shraddha. And an example in, in, the, in, the, in our history is Valmiki. His heart was so fallen, we have heard the story of Valmiki. His heart was fallen because of all the sins and transgressions that he had committed, terrorizing and robbing people and hurting them and abusing them. And so finally, when he met his guru, his guru told him that the only atonement for your sins, the only way they can be redeemed is through the remembrance of God, God's name. So he was told he could not chant Ram Ram, so he chanted Mara Mara. So he sat down and without even the slightest doubt in his mind, 
He continued to follow the instructions, the agya of his guru. He never asked, why am I saying this? For how long will I continue to say this? And when will you return? No, he did not question at all. And he continued to chant mara, mara, mara until he became God-realized and revealed the leelas of Bhagwan Ram even before Bhagwan Ram descended on earth in Treta Yuga. So this is Shraddha. So Shraddha, faith, is indispensable in the path of divine love realization. Someone may say, well, I don't have faith, what do I do? How can I develop faith? So the scriptures tell us that in order to develop faith, we must take refuge in knowledge, divine knowledge, under the guidance of his divine personality, knowledge. And that is why Goswami Tulsidasji says, Jane binu na hoya paratiti binu paratiti hoya nahi priti. So Goswami Tusidaji tells us that knowledge or understanding of the, of the knowledge within the scriptures appears as faith. And according to the intensity of that faith, an aspiring soul desires or longs to meet God. And that longing is what is called love. If there is no love, means there is no understanding. That's what it means. If there is no love, then there is no understanding. So, knowledge leads to acceptance, and acceptance leads to love. Sri Maharaji gives us examples to explain what this means. Suppose there is a servant in a house working and he is approached by a beggar for food in exchange for paras money, touch stone. So the servant didn't know what that was. He had never seen it, but he knew it was something valuable. So he thought, all right, I will feed him and I will give the touchstone to my boss, to my master, and he will be happy. And as a result, my job will be secure. So he sat it on the table when his boss, when his master came home from work that evening. He noticed the stone and he asked, what is this? So he said, sir, well, a beggar left this behind. I fed him. So the master said, are you really so silly? Use your brain. If a beggar or anyone, for that matter, had a pot of money, a touchstone, why would they come begging for food? So thinking that it was just an ordinary piece of stone, he threw it. It hit an iron latch, which turned to gold. He touched it to a second one and the third one, and they all turned to gold. Now the same man, same eye, same intellect, but he realized its true worth. 
the knowledge dawned in his consciousness and from what was detachment now it transferred that knowledge when it dawned it transformed into attachment for the same object so knowledge acceptance and love a girl is walking down the street and a boy comes and places his hand on her shoulder she shoots an angry look at him and reaches for her shoe just then her friend says to her well wait don't do this why well your parents are going to have you be married to this boy oh really now the same girl as wanting to look at this boy and still glances look at him she is eager to look at him now what was wrong with the boy when he came and touched her that she reached for her shoe to smack him and what is so great about him now that she is wanting to look at him well she accepted him as her own she accepted him as a, her own so wherever there's fulfillment of selfishness there's love that's why goswami tulsidas ji again tells in the ramayan jate kachunij swarat hui ta par mamta kare sab koi that it is the law of nature that the base of all attachments is fulfillment of self-interest that's it so if we realize that our self-interest actually lies with shri krishna then we wouldn't have to do anything we wouldn't have to practice devotion we would immediately fall in love with him that is what will happen but what is taking so long what is causing the delay in us loving him the reason is that we have practiced accepting the world for too long and that is why we are unable to break this habit or this practice we have formed such a strong habit of accepting the world as ours and it's not that we stubbornly insist on accepting the world as shri maharaj tells us as ours and ignoring our relationship with shri krishna no it is not like that but because we have thought about it repeatedly contemplated on the world as being a source of happiness for uncountable lifetimes and that that alone is the greatest misfortune chaitanya mahaprabhu ji calls it misfortune durdeva meaning that is our predicament naam namakari bahudha nij sarva shakti tatrarpita niyamitah smaranena kalah 
एतादृशी तव कृपा भगवन्मापी दुर्दीदृशमिहा जनीनाग Shimaraji tells us that we have over the course of so many lifetimes we have met saints and descendants of divine personalities we have been in their association we have received knowledge we have read we have nodded our heads and we have accepted the knowledge and everything in fact we have even written commentaries on scriptures many many times we have been to swarg lok we have been indra we became indra so many times but that one one impediment that deep seated that deep rooted attachment to the world that we developed through consistent practice that is the impediment shri maharaji tells us about a hindu who converted to islam and uh, so the malvi told him that now you have become you've accepted islam religion so now you have to chant and say allah allah no ram sham he said of course now that i have become a muslim of course so the next morning when he woke up and he yawned and kind of stretched his arms he said hey ram so when the malvi heard him he chided him he said did you forget i told you yesterday and he said malvi sahib Ram has been residing in my heart for the last 42 years. Allah as for Allah he just came in yesterday. He just came in yesterday. So the point is it is so difficult to erase the attachment. But please don't be stuck on this. <laughs> because we're very good at justifying ourselves oh yeah i am attached so hence my carelessness and my negligence no that's not good it may be difficult but not impossible we have maraji don't forget we have the greatest power on our side not impossible so knowledge is most important it's very important and that is why shri maharaji repeatedly urges us to listen to knowledge siddhant boliya chitte na kar alas that we should not be lazy when it comes to listening to and hearing divine knowledge no no we shouldn't be sometimes when we listen when we if we have heard a lecture a number of times and if once again 
that lecture is played, whether it's in the morning satsang or even in the evening, whenever, during satsang, and we think, oh, but I've already heard this lecture so many times, I know it. So this attitude, it is our ego that dictates this attitude of knowingness. The fact is that we don't actually know, because if we did know, we, our job would have been done. It would have been done. No, but it is not like that. Yesterday in my lecture, I explained that we have embarked on the journey to God, for sure. We are on our way. But until we reach the divine shores of Goluk, we cannot abandon or renounce the safety of the boat. And what is that boat? The boat is divine knowledge. It's most important. We cannot harbor pride that we know enough because at the end of the day, our mind, our intellect is material. <clears throat> and we have deeply embedded sanskars in our consciousness. Shri talks about how many devotees, even after reaching such a height of devotion, bhav bhakti, they fall back into the world. The same devotees who were once chanting and, and fully absorbed in devotion, if, if anyone saw them, they would never think that they could turn back and fall into the world again. But that could happen. So Sri Maharaji says that we're not expert ch snake charmers yet. No, 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 no. We have to know exactly those potions and how to pronounce and how to say those. Otherwise, we could potentially hurt ourselves or even kill ourselves falling back into the world. So knowledge is most important. It is indispensable in our path, in our journey. And also Sri Maharaji reminds us that we may have heard a lecture so many times and it's not like we remember everything about it. Even though we may think so, it is not like that. And each time we hear, we derive deeper understanding from the same lecture, from the same exact lecture. Yes. I want to share one of my experiences. Once I approached a devotee many years ago, and an instruction came from Sri Maharaji about sending contribution through a different means, through a different channel. So when I told this devotee, he couldn't wrap his head around this agya or this instruction. So he was kind of hung up on this thing of why is it different? Because we always send it through these means, and why is it like this? And I was trying to explain to him that it is Maharaji's agya after all, so how does it matter? but he still couldn't accept it. 
So the next day, he came to me, and he said, and he was fine. He finally got over it. And I said, so what happened? He said, you know, I heard that lecture of Sri Maharaji, and in that Maharaji says, ki ke pe unke mein buddhi nahi lagani so in other words, one should not apply their intellect in the actions of God and Guru. So I, and then it, of course, it wasn't the first time that he heard that, but that one time he heard it, maybe it was his 51st time hearing it, but it changed. It changed his attitude and his understanding. It deepened. It intensified. So Sri Maharaji tells us, once Sri Maharaji was at the house of a retired judge, some of us may know the story, and so the judge was very devoted and dedicated to Sri Maharaji, but his brother, who was the collector, he was not. He was squarely against God and saints and Babas and Mahatmas. So when Sri Maharaji was at the house of that retired judge, it just so happened that this brother turned up. And as soon as, of course, he saw Maharaji, he was consumed with anger. He was very upset. Maharaji was talking to a bunch of devotees at that time. And so what he was doing, he was just like pacing up and down the veranda, of course, hearing Sri Maharaji, what Sri Maharaji was saying. And gradually, his anger, it dissipated. So it started to dissipate. And finally, you know, just after everything was over, Maharaji stopped speaking. And when everyone came up to Sri Maharaji to pranam to him, so he also was coming up to Sri Maharaji. But before he could touch Sri Maharaji's feet, Maharaji touched his feet. And so Maharaji was watching him all along, of course, as he was speaking. And so Maharaji touched his feet. And, he, and so he was, he was very, very surprised and humbled, of course. And he said to Sri Maharaji, but how can you do this? You're a renunciate. And Maharaji said, really? What have I renounced? The world? Really? Everybody has to renounce the world, right? If we don't renounce it willingly, then Yamaraj is going to do it for us. But we have to renounce the world no matter what. So what have I renounced? I haven't renounced anything. And if I have renounced the world, it's to go toward God. But think of yourself. What have you done? You have renounced God for the world. So these words of Sri Maharaji penetrated so deep in his heart that he fell on Sri Maharaji as if somebody pushed him. And from that day, it was a life-changing experience for him. And he became, as Sri Maharaji describes it, a better devotee than even his own brother the retired judge who used to call him a demon. 
So he became even a better devotee. How? Knowledge. Just knowledge. Yes. So from a practical standpoint, Sri Maharaji has also said that devotees ask that, Oh, Sri Maharaji, that even though we have received knowledge from you, we understand it, we accept it, we embrace it, but what is it, why is it that we cannot make headway, we're not making progress on the path of, of devotion? So, just as in these lines that I'm describing today or elaborating on, Rasiko dwara yaha janane parbhi, that even having learned from your loving saints, so even though we have divine knowledge and yet we don't make progress, why is it? So Sri Maharaji said that the problem lies in how we seek God's divine love or divine love from Sri Radha Krishna. The problem lies in how we ask for it, how we aspire for it. That is the problem. So Sri Maharaji tells us that our asking is lacking. Lacking what? Sincerity. Sincerity. We ask, but we ask superficially. Our asking is shallow. It doesn't have any depth. So Sri Maharaji says we have to have depth. Not just superficially we should ask. It has to have power. Power of our devotion should be there. Yes. And so why do we ask? Why? What is the reason for the insincerity? Why? Why is our devotion not deep? So Sri Maharaji tells us because we have become accustomed to the material world over the course of uncountable lifetimes because we allowed worldly people to be in our heart, to inhabit our heart. And consequently, we accumulated an enormous amount of filth filth in the form of impure filth impurity in the form of our sanskars our attachments our ambitions and all of this and all those mayic defilements and even in this lifetime what have we done all life long what have we done well, we have adopted various means and ways of appearing impressive in front of people to influence them, 
and to deceive them. This is what we have done. And so the person that is most capable of doing that is called advanced. He is so advanced. Really smart. Like Americans, it's so smart. Yeah, this is, he's so smart that he can turn anyone in his favor. What we call etiquette and culture in this country is the art of speaking and acting shrewdly to make to get what they want, what people want, to get one's desires fulfilled, and to achieve one's ends in this world. We admire someone who so expertly wrangles another person by approaching them appropriately through behavior and expressions and gestures. And while we call all of this etiquette and culture, Sri Maharaji says that it is out and out superficiality. We have spent our entire life planning and our energy planning and plotting how to deceive people. We pick up this shrewdness through novels that we read, books, newspapers, and also the shrewd people that we associate with, whom we consider our role models. Wow, they're my role model. So, this accumulated knowledge because of this accumulated knowledge, we become experts in duping husband, wife, parents, children, neighbors, and the rest of the world. And if you really think about it, what do we gain from this? What do we gain from this? More of the world for ourselves. But... We deprive ourselves of true, real happiness. Yes. We deprive ourselves of happiness. This is so that lifelong effort that we invest in accumulating the world, what does it amount to? More worldliness? Yes. And how long is that going to last? And where is it going to take us? It's just going to take us down. It already is. So, but we never think about these things. We never do. So Sri Maharaj says that we have accumulated all of this filth and impurity in our heart. And so we have become so accustomed to the world that... We 
do not want to part with the poison of the world. We don't even want to think about the nectar. No, no, we don't want to. Once, a disciple of Shukdeo Paramhans asked him, Why is it that I cannot engage my mind in the loving thoughts of God? Even though I try day and night, this wretched mind wanders from one place to another. It just wanders. I pull it back, and no soon, no <clears throat> as soon as I've done so, it runs off again. So Shukadeva Paramahan smiled but did not offer an answer. A few days later, he invited that disciple to join him on his morning walk through the forest. So it wasn't long before he paused and pointing to some excreta on the ground that had all these worms crawling all over it, Shukadeva Paramahans told the disciple, do you see that? So he said, I want you to take one of those bugs, those worms, and put it on that fragrant flower. And he did. And no sooner had he done so that the worm slithered off the flower through the moist grass of the forest floor back onto the feces. So Shukadeva Paramahan said, did you understand? Do you know now you had that question, why your mind cannot think about God? So with his palms joined and a little red-faced, he requested an explanation. <clears throat> so, Shukadeva Paramahan said, just like this worm is accustomed to loving excrement, thinking there's nothing better, your mind is accustomed to loving the hollow, illusionary pleasures of this world because it believes that happiness still exists in this world. <clears throat> yes. Just like a worm that breeds and lives in a drain, if it were placed in a bottle, in a perfume bottle, it will die. If a drunkard lying in a gutter if somebody asks him, why aren't you home? This is my home. That's what he'll say. So in the same way, due to our continuous practice over the course of unlimited lifetimes, we have become habituated into believing and accepting that this world is a source of happiness and joy. This was the answer that Shukadeva Paramhans gave. So we don't want, owing to the deep sunscars that we have developed through our perpetual associations with the world. Yes. Once Prahlad, Bhakti Shiromani Prahlad, before he ascended to Golok, to divine Golok, he said to Sri Krishna that, Sri Krishna, I'm not going to go alone. You know, I'm going to bring people along with me. So Sri Krishna said, all right, I have no problem with that. After all, Golok, there's not that many 
people in Golok after all, so it's fine. So Prahlad went from one house to another, and the consistent answer he got was, oh no, you know, we're family people. We're family people, and we have all these responsibilities and obligations and commitments. Mm -mm, Not for us. So he asked a boar, a pig. Prahlad asked a pig, and he said, Well, you, you are in this miserable body. How about you come with me to Golok? So the pig asked, is my favorite food available there? You know, he eats, the pigs eat poop, feces. (laughs) So, Prahlad chuckled. Daniel, glories to you. So the point is, it is our Attachment to the world. And so when we ask, we have to ask sincerely. That is what Sri Maharaji tells us. And so the degree of our sincerity will gradually grow and outweigh insincerity. That is what will happen. In other words, Gradually, our mind will detach from the world and to that degree, it will attach to Sri Radha Krishna. So in these lines, Sri Maharaji explains that because of my worldly associations, Murakh nipat gavar Are man koti kalp bhat kyo jyo shukar Vishtha Vishaya Majar Aremana Binu Seva Jaha Paiya Meva Gayu So, Sri Maharaji tells us that we pursued the 
filthy material pleasures as a means of receiving happiness. And we never once looked or went to the abode of Radharani where jaha paaye binu seva jaha paaye meva without any effort we would receive everything we would receive everything and shri radha rani is waiting waiting for us with our her arms and open to embrace us and we didn't we didn't heed we didn't submit our heart and mind so this is the explanation of these few lines boli shrimat sadguru sarkar ki shrimat yugal sarkar ki जय जय श्री राधे जय जय श्री राधे जय जय श्री